0: I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Gordon Lawson, CEO at Conceal, provider of an intelligence-grade zero-trust technology that protects global companies of all sizes from malware and ransomware. To learn more about our sponsor, Conceal, visit Conceal.io. Also joining us is Matthew Burrows, Chief Information Security Officer at Novalex, a leader in packaging innovation, choice, and sustainability with 57 locations in six countries. Matt, welcome. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: Gordon, great to have you back with us. Thanks, Steve. Matt, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Before we get started... Tell us about your company, Novalex, uh, maybe the size of the company, what they do, and uh, what your role is there.
1: Yeah, so Novalex is a leading manufacturer of uh, consumable goods. So we make a, a lot of bags. So it's a uh, 10,000 employee company um, that sits globally with revenues generated between 4.5 and almost $5 billion on an annual basis. Um, and really have a, a large play in acquisitions and going out there, going out of business.
0: So, Gordon, help me, uh, you know, frame the problem we're here to discuss today. Um, I'm not sure uh, I've met anyone who knows uh, as much as you do. I know you've done a lot of your own research. Uh, you know, we've talked this through. Um, you know, last year, 2021, we estimated three and a half million unfilled cybersecurity jobs in our industry. It's a big problem on a lot of different levels. It's a problem because a lot of people uh, don't have an opportunity they deserve. We're going to talk about that today. It's a problem for CISOs and security leaders to having a really difficult time tapping into a pipeline to fill those positions, to give everybody a visual. Uh, You know, you could fill 50 NFL stadiums with the number of positions that we have open. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I was at the Jets game. Selfishly, I'm sorry I had to get that in because I've been <laughs> waiting so many years for them to actually win. Um, so, Gordon, how did we get here, um, and and how do we maybe fill those positions?
2: Well, I I think you know there there's a lot to that question, Steve. I know we've talked about it a, a bunch, but I, I think there's a there's a couple interesting pieces here. I really thought it was great to have Matt on uh, this, the the program today because a lot of people when they think about cyber, they think about the government or they think about a financial institution. But think about Novolex and just the scale of that company. I mean, it really is critical infrastructure. It's 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 building and, and manufacturing things that are that are essential to daily life. And I think that Matt has had such an incredible career. Uh, he's worked for some of the world's largest managed managed security providers around the globe. And I think he when he and I were having dinner, A few weeks ago, we talked about just what an incredible industry this is, how we need to educate our young people around the country, um, that this really is employment for life, if they can learn some of these hands-on skills and get exposure to it. And so I think that that there definitely is a gap, but we need to keep doing things like this and bringing folks like Matt. To the forefront of our community and say, hey, there there is some incredible opportunities available out there and some amazing companies that that you can learn how to support by getting hands-on cybersecurity skills.
0: So, Matt, we want to talk to you and Gordon about three categories of people. Uh, One would be uh, our youth, getting more of them uh, involved in technology. And hopefully, uh, as cybercrime fighters, we want to talk about women, uh, attracting them to our field. We want to talk about minorities where... We have a glaring problem, uh, and we're going to drill into that a little bit. But let's start with young people. I want to start there because I have a little bit of hope. Uh, It feels like things are getting a little bit better. Over the past decade, there's been a lot of talk, and what we've seen, especially over the past five years, are many, many more community colleges, many more uh, four-year schools who are offering more courseware, uh, graduating more students. We talked to a lot of CISOs about this. And I think it's just been the past year or two where we're hearing that the pipeline is getting a little bit better. They're starting to see uh, some young graduates uh, coming out with a little bit more experience and more of them. What are you seeing? Uh, you talk to other CISOs. What, you know, what are you hearing? So
1: what I'm seeing across the, across the board and conversations that I'm having is you're absolutely right that there is growth. There is this expectation that the kids that are coming out of school now are able to to start with the entry-level jobs in, in the field. Um, also, I'm, I'm aware that the challenges that they're facing getting in the field right now is more around the soft skills that it actually takes to be able to communicate uh, and to deliver. If, for example, if they're doing incident response, really understanding what that actually means and, and how they're going to be able to solve for problems. And one thing that, I'm looking to do in inside of the Charlotte community is reach out to our local schools and have them part of our internship program where we're able to bring them in early. Uh, I'm trying to get kids in their junior and sophomore years and really have them get some level of understanding on what the actual industry looks like to see if they're actually something they want to lean into as they move forward with their careers once they start out.
0: And what do those interns do? What what exactly does it look like if if someone's an intern uh, for you?
1: This year we had an intern from um, UNCC. Um, they were responsible for building out our fishing campaigns for the entire year. Um, the reason it was it was cool um, for us is they brought a new um, a new lens to the overall campaigns that we're doing because outsider looking in, they they're able to. Um, to take on the challenges and say, "Yep, yeah, we're going to try to fish people in different ways. And it was really helpful to have them come on.
0: Well, that's great. So I, I want to ask you, Gordon, about women in cyber. And then I'm going to uh, come back to you, Matt, and, and ask you about minorities and see if we can't you know, start to put all these pieces together uh, because our, our industry is really struggling to get it right. So Gordon, about a, maybe 10 years ago, uh, we go back a decade and women held about 10% of the positions in our field. Uh, Today, that number is up to 25% or so. Uh, That's good news. We're looking at maybe 35% uh, over the next five years. But still, it's a relatively low number when you consider that for the first time, uh, I think it was in the past five years, I don't remember exactly when, uh, but women exceeded men in the workforce. I think they make up maybe 51% of the people, uh, yet they hold so few positions in our field.
2: Right. Well, I, I'll just, you know, talk about conceal for a second here, Steve. And uh, obviously, they're not all technical roles, but we're approaching 50 percent of women across our employee base uh, as well. And I think that that it, it is important because I think that there's a misconception and this misconception really was hit home for me. I was at Augusta University a few weeks ago talking to a salesmanship class about the cybersecurity field. And I think that there's a misconception that you have to be a computer science major, you have to be super technical to get get into the field. And that's simply not true because every startup, every, not just startups, but every cybersecurity company, and I'll even say every SaaS company, which is such a a huge and growing field in in this country, needs those softer skills as Matt talked about. Uh, Being able to run an effective phishing campaign you need to. You, that's so. That's really social engineering. It's psychology. And so, being able to have that balance, as well as some of the, let's say, traditional coding skills that you you can get, that are that's actually quite easy to get with some of the online programs that are available now. Um, having that combination, I I think that's a killer combination. We we love to hire folks that have both of those. And so, I think that it really is maybe breaking down some of these. Uh, misconceptions about what it takes to get in the industry. And that's going to overall give us a a much more diverse and stronger pool to fill these roles.
0: I I think a lot of this gets back to supporting our youth. I remember it was, uh, I think, in 2017, we interviewed Sylvia Acevedo, CEO at the Girl Scouts of the USA. And at the time, they had just announced the first cybersecurity badges. Uh, It was just a brand new uh, idea. She was a visionary. Today, we have almost 300,000 girls in the U.S., who have earned those badges? So the the hope is it, it's going to bubble up, and we're going to start to see young, you know more young people. Matt, are you seeing in the, in this pipeline of people you you talk to any formal programs that are supporting, helping uh, you know these these young people who you'd like to recruit? Anything along the lines of the Girl Scouts or anything else?
1: I haven't seen anything directly. I I continue to look for different opportunities, lean into programs. i I've, I've seen a couple, but I haven't have those conversations with those leaders to really understand if this their programs are something that I can take advantage of as I move forward.
0: Well, I think we need it and we need it desperately. You know, I, I was out uh, at Queensborough Community College a few years ago, gave a presentation, was talking to young people. Uh, these were 10th, 11th and 12th graders. And we were talking about careers. And let me tell you, that's a very difficult crowd. You know, it took me a little bit to, you know, warm them up and and to figure out, you know, how to connect. Uh, I played high school basketball and, you know, it took me about 20 minutes to realize that, you know, I should have started with that instead of, you know, why you want to be involved with cybersecurity. But, you know, I did ask all of them, you know, how many of you know what cybersecurity is? And nobody raised their hands. And, you know, it, it took a while To get them even, you know, mildly interested. But, you know, I think the problem is that nobody is exposing them. And if you're not getting exposed, it's really difficult. You know, once you, you know, reach uh, high school, 11th, 12th grade, you know, you're thinking about what you're going to do in the future and whether that involves uh, school, college or not. Um, If you're not familiar with cyber, you're probably not going to get involved with it. Now, I wrote a piece in uh, Forbes in 2016, and don't hold me to this statistically to the exact figure, uh, but I had reported at the time that uh, black and African Americans made up around 3% of information security analyst positions. Now, these positions are critical because they're entry-level positions. They're expected by the U.S. Department of Labor to grow, I think, the 10th fastest occupation in our country. I mean, there's just so much opportunity there. And yet we have such a small number and it's disappointing because I could tell you, we're not far off from that number. We're still in the single digits. I don't know the exact number, but it's a low number. So Matt, maybe you can, you know, share some perspective around that and you know what we can hopefully do as an industry.
1: I would tell you that in 2020 um, from some of the research I did coming into this conversation, found out that a number is 7% as of 2020 of that 7%, only 7% of executives make up that number. So you're talking about point four five of, percent of, of executives that hold in cybersecurity are, are African-American. So the number is kind of disappointing that it's, it's so low. I, I think some of the things that have led to it, as you mentioned, right, so people don't really understand what cybersecurity is, um, what the field's about, how to get into the field, uh, don't have real leaders to look up to, in relation to it. To say, okay, here's here's what cybersecurity looks like for my for my community. Here's somebody I can talk to about like my challenges and things I'm facing. Like mentorship, there's a, a lack of it across the board. Also, I'm aware of different organizations donating money to HBCUs, millions of dollars to actually build. and and grow those uh those communities for computer science however i've also seen where some of these companies also pull that money back out so it's just then there needs to be a way to actually gauge the progress and and get it to a more respectable number in in the next coming of years
0: so gordon what you know what can we do when i say we you know we, we have three people here we have someone myself from the media uh we have yourself you're a leader in the vendor community and you have been for some time and then we have a CISO with us, you know, in, the, in those categories of people. And there's a lot of us out there, let's face it, you know, we're not government officials and we're not going to fix the country or, or fix this on our own. But tactically, I think there's a lot that the three of us and, and others like us can do. So, Gordon, what are maybe some of those things?
2: Well, I, th- I think the first thing is communicate and share positive stories, right? And I know, Matt, I kind of alluded to this. And, and you know, I think Matt's, Matt's become uh, quite a good friend over the years and, when we first met, he told me about Matt was in Kuwait running one of the largest security operation centers in the world. You you were also in London, right, Matt, as part of your career. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so, so start with those interpersonal stories of that is, that is awesome stuff. Now, Matt did that outside of the military, but you know, myself as a, as a Navy veteran, um, and I've seen this over and over. In fact, we have a, a gentleman in our office who traveled the world with the Navy, uh, doing, doing cryptological work. Um, there are organizations and whether they're on the public or private side that within the cyber realm where you can just have amazing experiences and i think it's it's important for us as leaders in the community to get out into our communities and talk about this and just talk about the opportunities that are there of course you know our young people have to put in the work to get there but we have to open those doors for them fund those opportunities put our money where our mouth is and i think if we just we, we just have to stay at it. What we can't do is just assume it's going to happen or assume the government's going to do it. That's not an, it's not sufficient. I think it's really on, on, on all of us to make sure that folks know this is a growing field. It's, it's frankly a major threat to national security. So we need all Americans, uh, of, of all creed and, and color, no matter what they look like to be part of the, part of the journey here. And we're going to, uh, uh, for, for me personally, I know for Matt too, we're going to stay at it and keep the, keep that message strong.
0: So Ron Green is the chief security officer at MasterCard. I'm not sure if either one of you know Ron. Uh, He's fantastic. Ron was in our documentary about women in cybersecurity, and he said something so simple that I'll never forget, and it's just so important. And, you know, Ron said, you can't be what you can't see. And so he's just so big on role models. And, you know, we're trying to do our part here at Cybercrime Magazine. We try to invite uh, everybody on. Matt, you were a great guest. Any final thoughts for, for our audience, Matt? And a lot of the audience uh, for us would be uh, your peers, CISO security leaders. And then we have an awful lot of uh, parents, students, uh, and educators uh, you know, who watch our media. So just any, any last words to them?
1: If, if there's an opportunity to help and, and, um, and close the gap, I think you should do it. If you, if you have a thought that, that, that helps anybody out, I think you should try your best to help people out. Um, it's, it's great to be here. So thank you for having me on.
0: Well, I can't let you go, Matt, without just telling us uh, how did you get involved with cyber? Like, you know, if if you go back uh, early in your career, you know, what was your first exposure to to technology? Were you someone exposed in high school, or you know, w- what got you intrigued, and how did you get in the field?
1: Yeah, I was. I was really interested in. A, a, I wanted to be a chemist actually growing up, and until I got to college. And um, I I realized that I was more interested in in programming. So um, I took my first job at a nuclear station as an intern my freshman year. And I've I've been hooked ever since. Ever since I I laid eyes on just the programming and the the philosophy behind it, um, I I never stopped. I just transitioned over to cyber with my first job being at SecureWorks right out of college.
0: Great. And, And how long were you there at SecureWorks?
1: Yeah, I stayed at SecureWorks for 13 years. Um, I I started with leading um, some of the largest multi-tenant complex uh, transitions for global 2,000 customers. So as Gordon mentioned, I spent time in Kuwait, uh, London, Australia. So I've, I've traveled the world helping people and serving others to build out their programs.
0: Well, I appreciate the two of you coming on. It really does make a big difference. We'll do everything we can to amplify this on our media and hope we could have uh, you come back on with us again, Matt.
1: Absolutely. Look forward to it.
0: All right. Thank you, gentlemen.
2: Thanks, Steve.
0: I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. This interview is sponsored by Conceal provider of an intelligence-grade zero trust technology that protects global companies of all sizes from malware and ransomware. To learn more about our sponsor, Conceal, visit conceal.io. You can keep up with all of our media at cybercrimemagazine.com.